Future Hacker Life Path Future. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Future Hacker. I'm your host, Maria Taigi, and today we're talking to Adijit Biswas. With over five years of experience in asset management and capital market domain, Adijit holds a blend of technical and functional knowledge. He began his career as a software developer, swirled into product development, and completed two SDLCs in microfinance and multi-level marketing product at Binary Bloom. He explored the financial and banking services domain after completing his post-graduation in banking technology from Pondicherry University. Adijic received the Best Performance Award in Pan-India Revenue Regeneration for two consecutive months in 2014. And currently, he is the CDO of Diamante Blockchain. Hi, Adijic. It's great to have you with us today. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing great, Maria. Thanks for having me on the call. You know, it's important to say for our listeners that it's the second time we actually have someone from Diamante Blockchain here. Uh, we, we did get the CEO, Shira Jatani, and it was a very insightful interview as well. So make sure you check out the list of the guests of our podcast so you can check it out as well. And Adijit, I'm super excited about our conversation. You are on the technical side, and I'm sure that you're going to be able to give a lot of insights and explanations to our listeners today regarding blockchain. And I think that the best way to begin is by talking and going through the evolution of blockchain and you know the main differences over the years. Uh, could we begin by that? So I'll start with the evolution of the blockchain. The evolution of blockchain started on the year 2009. It was a year when the first block got initiated, and we are all aware of the name by Genesis Block. From there, uh, the journey till date has witnessed a steep approach towards the advancement of this technology. So regardless to the technology, the awareness started with the, the hype of Bitcoin, and it was the first trigger to the sense of power of blockchain and cryptography. Now, Till date, we can say that the evolution now has been categorized in various level of the generations or maybe their level of upgrades. So the first blockchain that we all came to, to have a knowledge about was the public or decentralized network. And the core objective was to create an ecosystem which is open to entire participants, including the government agencies or financial institutions where they can actually participate their transactions. They can have a real-time reflections of the transaction that are getting initiated and to have a more of a transparent and imitable ecosystem for everyone. Most of which we came up with the, the knowledge of private or permission blockchain. And this was with the core belief that there will be a centralized ecosystem majorly for the financial institutions where they can operate with a core belief that only the respective members in the ecosystem will have a real-time reflections of the transactions. So later, maybe in the year of 2016 and maybe in the uh, inception of 2017, we started to understand more of a consortium blockchain, which if we talk about Ripple or Stellar, they have that sort of uh, essence in their blockchain network, which supports both the private and public blockchain architecture. Right. In that era, I would say that 
the throughput of the network or the scalability of the network were given consideration. Uh, there was been a huge amount of research that were initiated in upgrading the consensus mechanism or creating a more of a stable ecosystem with a strong consensus, which will uh, derive throughput or higher availability. And in that year, we first understood the strength of BFT, that is what we call a Byzantine fault tolerance consensus mechanism. And post of which, some around in the year of 2019, there were major IT players, like if we talk about IBM, Capgemini, Genpak, even from the top of financial institutions like JP Morgan, they came up with the, the different flavor of blockchain. And right now, maybe the largest ecosystem of blockchain is Hyperledger, where we have been constantly seeing there has been constant upgrades, constant advancement in bringing more of a strong, secure, and higher available blockchain ecosystem that can cater to different business use cases. And maybe by 2022 end, I guess there are more than 6,000 cryptocurrencies and there have been like some of the stable blockchains as like starting from Ethereum, Solana, Hyperledger Fabric, Hyperledger Cactus, uh, Stellar, Ripple, there are N numbers. So there has been a huge advancement. There has been a huge steep or there has been a huge hunger towards the betterment of this technology because there's a huge strength of this technology that it can be leveraged by different business institutions, corporates, individuals. So that is the only reason we say that this is a genre of Web 3.0 uh, while uh, leveraging the power of blockchain uh, technology. So thank you so much for all the background, Arijish. And I, I do have a couple of questions over that. You mentioned that today we have, you said, over 6,000 cryptocurrencies available, right? So uh, for someone that is just getting into that, as much as it's growing, you know, most of the population are, let's say it's clueless, right? One of the reasons that I, I, I came across is because it's not so easy to use, right? It's not when you, when you compare it to a, a regular bank that you just download the app and everything is easy. When, when you get into crypto, you have, either you have someone helping you, either a broker or a platform, like, but doing it yourself, it's not the easiest thing for a regular person. And, you know, just by, if you get there, by just having like more than 6,000 cryptocurrencies, like how to choose, how you know what's reliable, uh, there's, for sure, a lot of scams and frauds and, and manipulation. And so how to do it right? How to protect yourself? Could we cover that? So as the question um, points to the, the security or maybe the, the know-how of using uh, the cryptocurrencies or what should be the best cryptocurrency that a user should opt for, this question is more about what is the way that we can actually entitle the users or the common peoples to get enlightened about the blockchain. We talk about what is the utility of cryptocurrencies. So from the year or maybe from like a thousand years back or maybe like a hundred years back, there were been different sort of financial systems. Like we have witnessed barter system where people actually, they used to communicate or they used to actually use goods in terms of an exchange, right? For a trade-off. Now, post of which there are metal coins that came into a mode of a transfer of assets. 
and then we witness the fiat currencies that are paper currencies so this all shift has evolved because of a constant understanding of the process and constant acceptance of the process now in this 20th century it becomes more of importance that we start giving the awareness of the digital era where the the core strength of the transaction relies on the security and the know-how of the technology right so yes people nowadays they have an access to various resources various learning materials so it becomes more of ease for everyone to just strive to those resources to those knowledge centers and can start understanding the the nitty gritty of the technology and if you talk about cryptos people do consider them as a legal tender sometimes they sometimes understand them as an asset or they sometimes understand as a mode of an exchange of a transfer of value cryptography is uh, the mechanism through which the cryptocurrency has got evolved right now when we talk about a value it depends on the perspective of what utility you are giving what is the value of that technology itself so there has been number of cryptocurrencies that has got uh, in last 2 or 3 years it's almost like 6000 when i see there are n number of cryptocurrencies out of which not all the 6000 have got popularity out of those maybe 100 of cryptocurrencies got popularity and the big the reason behind is their utility their, their different purpose on solving different challenges that the current ecosystem or current economic system is facing out right so in that way if we talk about ethereum if we talk about stellar we talk about ripple or we talk about us if we just deep dive inside we will see that there has been strong use cases that back up their value and in that way it becomes easy for people to understand the core prospect so in that way maybe in next 5 years or 6 years the ease of adapting to this technology will be more of use and obviously when you talk about the digital theft or the security i really want to mention one thing maria that there has been n number of incident where the fiat currencies have been theft they have been robbed or there have been n number of malicious activities where the fraudulent of fiat currencies has happened there has been like uh, money laundering has happened there are always a pros and cons of every financial transactions right but when we talk about a digital transactions and that eventually on the blockchain the core strength of blockchain lies in the the transparency of the transaction so if there is a auditor they have a legit reflection of what sort of a transaction is happening who is the source and who is the beneficiary and obviously you can't actually tamper the transactions because the core value of blockchain is immutability so a transaction once gets posted in a blockchain it automatically gets reflected to multiple ledgers hosted by different participants in the ecosystem and they ensure that those transactions are genuine if it is malicious or if it is a fictitious transaction they are actually thrown out of the ledger so they are get flagged off so blockchain is more secure they are more transparent they bring more value to the ecosystem that's very clear to me and it's good to mention right that you know all those 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 scams and security breaches you also finding in common banks as well 
And it's a matter of platform evolution. I understand that the concept of blockchain is actually supposed to be even more protected by all those, the ledgers and the lack of possibility of changing whatever happened before. So it's supposed to be even more secure. So if I understood it right, you mentioned, you know, from about five years from now that it's going to be, people will be able to, to feel more comfortable by using it, right? You know, something else that I'm curious about is regarding sustainability so you know we've been reading and talking to people that currently the way it works and specifically to the mining process right it's still very energy consuming and there are a lot a couple of companies in the market a, a couple of startups that are trying to actively solve that and find ways of making it uh, a different process and a little more sustainable, less impact into the environment. Because, you know, every time we talk about the future, it's unavailable to be talking about sustainability. It's a hot topic today and it's going to be even more important in the future. I even read recently an article stating, you know, and I don't know how accurate it is, but, you know, how Bitcoin should, should be that soon and exactly because of the way that it's not a sustainable methodology that it is behind it. And, and I don't even know if I'm using the correct terms. So on your view and thinking about the evolution of blockchain and not specifically to, to the financial world, blockchain mining, you know, how, how will it look like? Do you think that we are going to be able to, to find better solutions to make it not so harmful to the environment? Uh, Maria, I guess the years has already answers to these questions. So when we talk about the mining process, obviously, if we understand any mining process, whether we talk about mining gold, we talk about mining diamonds, those are actually very costly process, right? So when we talk about mining crypto assets, so obviously that requires a huge computational power. And for that, there are huge resource requirements that they, they generally consumes huge electricity and it's not sustainable in nature. Now, just to address this challenge, the core consensus mechanism was to be changed or maybe I should say it should have been drafted in a way that it can actually answer to the, the challenges of the sustainability. When we initially have witnessed the, the proof of work consensus mechanism, which was the core uh, consensus mechanism of Bitcoin, at that point of a time, majorly what happened that to mine a Bitcoin, there was a huge requirement of uh, computational power. But when you see that post to that, when there has been evolution of proof of stake, where we actually come up with the concept of staking, right? Uh, when we talk about a consensus mechanism like PBFT or maybe a DPOS, like the Practical Byzantine Fault Tolerance Agreement or a Delegate Proof of Stake. So those computational power has actually got reduced to maybe like in a one of 100 ratio, right? So in that respect, we already have come up to a green blockchain revolution. This computational challenge has already been addressed. Yes. Now, when you talk about the sustainability of respective blockchain, I can say from my view, maybe I'm, I can be wrong now that Bitcoin has been more of like an asset. So as we have seen that gold has been uh, like considered as one of a precious metal, it has having a very high valuation. Similarly, if we talk about a Bitcoin, we all know that there has a given 
a supply of Bitcoin that is 21 million out of which it can never exceed that total number of supply. So it is finite. It has an amount that can only be generated, right? So the value of Bitcoin will have a substantial growth in the years to come, but it will be more of an asset. But when we talk about a blockchain, as in like an utility, as in like a technology, there will be obviously the core idea to have a sustainability will be regarded with the, the use cases that the blockchain derives in the future days. Who comes up with the more of addressing to the challenges, who can actually define to various use cases and various financial institutional challenges those blockchains will have a longer future. So that, I guess, will be the answer for the sustainability of the respective blockchain. Great. Thanks for the clarification, Sarajit. And I, I do hope you're right. <laughs> so, you know, still let, let's still focus uh, one last questions on the blockchain. And then uh, we're getting into more of the, the crypto market and, and NFTs and things like that. So. Um, we're already very familiar with the use of blockchain for the financial market. We've been covering you know, a couple of times here on the podcast. I'm curious about some other examples of other markets making use of it, not only the financial one, but which other markets are, are having benefits from the blockchain? Uh, Maria, I can say blockchain will be everywhere. Blockchain does not restrict itself only to the financial domain. If we talk about a purchase of goods, blockchain will be there. You go to a shopping mall, you want to purchase maybe like a dress, you name whatever the th things that you want to purchase, all the transactions, those will be replicated in the blockchain ledger. The tra transfer of goods from the shipment to the warehouse, to the shopping mall, those will be traced. You talk about in the industry of pharma, starting from the generic drugs to the patent drugs, everything will get uh, posted to the blockchain ledger. So blockchain can be everywhere so that is the reason we say when we talk about a web 3.0 we literally mean that the evolution of blockchain is not ever going to be limited to a single industry or a single use case it will be throughout the globe it will have a widespread of use cases and number of use cases starting from a government agency if we talk about issuing a passport or talking about a centralized kyc system for example, you talk about having a, a certificate, a social security number. Uh, I'm talking about the government use cases. So those can always be addressed through blockchain. I don't know, I can't see that totally. Uh, I've been reading about it and it mentions that today, industries that are already benefit from it is like from, you know, logistics, uh, legal and, you know, administration, you, you can see it everywhere and I can see how it's going to be developed and it's going to be across, it's going to be a common knowledge that people will have to learn about, right? So let's go back to the crypto market. Which countries do you believe that are being more open to it when it comes to adoptions and, you know, legislations, you know, we could frequently read about how central banks are trying to get into that somehow and you know the cbdc's right can we cover that yes so sure when we talk about cryptocurrencies and their acceptance by various countries so we also need to understand their legal structure their compliances and their their overall population 
So there are n number of factors which actually guides towards issuing any sort of a regulatory perspective on cryptocurrencies. So for acceptance, we also need to understand the presence of the technology and the knowledge to implement that sort of a technology. So most of countries who are developing in nature, they are more aggressive in adapting to a technology compared to more of an established countries. So when we talk about countries like China, India, which are developed nations and they have a huge population uh, need to consider on their drafting that sort of a regulatory auditory perspectives, uh, law norms, it becomes challenge for them, right? But in the last two or three years, we have seen that countries like China, they have come up with their issuance of new blockchain technology like WCN, their own network, and they have issued their, they have already started doing a pilot case where they have issued their digital currencies and they're doing uh, pilot use cases for payments. India has recently in their budget, they have already stated that the Reserve Bank of India will be issuing their uh, digital assets for using as a legal tender. Apart from that, European nations like Germany, France, they have a very open acceptance towards cryptocurrencies and adaptation to that, towards to that. Singapore, Middle East, they already believe the core strength of blockchain and cryptocurrencies and they're, they have a very friendly ecosystem towards that. And there are n number of countries. I really can't name every each one of them because there are more than, I guess, 230 countries. Sure. You know, I'd like to cover and not focus on that, but, you know, I think it's important if we're talking about the crypto market and NFT, like to cover NFT, right? As I use of crypto. Um, we have been covering, of course, like, you know, as any trendy uh, topic about the future, we see how it's being used for premium clubs like this fish restaurant in New York that created NFTs just to give access to it. But I'm curious about the trends because it's, it's a little crazy right now. What if you like the, those billion dollars stickers or whatever gifts that are being created to, to make this market, to give attention to the market and to make it a movement and to be investing on that. What's your view regarding NFTs? Like, and do you think it's whatever it's happening is a natural part of people trying to make the attention higher and it's going to be just another regular asset in the future? You think it's a bubble that eventually will change completely the, the, the reason of existence? What's your personal thought regarding the NFTs? So, Maria, as I always say that a cryptocurrency is the heart of a blockchain, right? But even a blockchain it can have its own utility apart from having a digital currencies. Okay, so we obviously can state that maybe in the coming days, cryptocurrency as in like a, a native asset will have its a demand. But in the terms of an NFT, I rather believe that is just a use case of a cryptocurrency. So when we talk about their n number of NFTs, like the key issues for maybe for a wallpaper, sometime for creating a loyalty tokens for a membership in premium clubs but nft as in a, a sense of utility i don't guess that will have a, a long future in coming days 
because what the utility of this sort of an NFT possess can actually be used through the native asset itself of a blockchain, right? For me, it is most of like a bubble. The reason we am saying when we understand, when we start actually understanding a technology, there is a period where a lot of people, they start of actually creating some sort of a quick use case and putting forward to the community, right? So to an extent, NFT have got that sort of acceptance. But in the coming days, I guess the, the traction of NFTs will reduce in the generic term of their utility as uh, what we are seeing in current days. If there is a in future days, if the utility of this NFT changes with the nature of solving different business use cases, maybe then that can be a different story altogether. So just let me see if I understood it right. So whatever people are saying regarding the NFTs that, you know, they're non-fungible thing that, you know, you can, it's a unique, it's a unique token that, you know, it's, you can use it as a form or of certification of copyright. You think that this specifically, you can already find it in other applications and not only on the NFTs uh, through the blockchain. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay, that's it. So that, that's the first time I hear that. Uh, could, could you give like, um, um, explain a little about that? Yes. So when we actually talk about uh, securing your assets or maybe your ownership, uh, your transfer of ownerships or your documents on a blockchain, it actually gets registered through a transaction hash, right? So that means that this transaction or that document, that asset, any sort of a intellectual property that resides on blockchain is already been securely hashed, right? So for that similar use case, we majorly don't require an NFT. Now, when we talk about NFT, most of the NFT that we have witnessed are more of like side chain of the underlying blockchain. So when we talk about NFTs, like those majorly those are all ERC tokens, right? So the underlying value is more on the Ethereum. So if we talk about on that perspective, right? So those use cases are already getting more of like solved by the Ethereum network itself. So what is then the requirement of putting an NFT or a sidechain token on the top of the main ledger or main network, right? So until unless the NFTs or the sidechain tokens that is getting created does not put any sort of an added value on the ledgers on the, the underlying network. I don't feel that, that that has any substantial reason to place an NFT as a valuable asset in the future days. That's super interesting. And I do understand your point of view. So, you know, we have just to see what happens in the future and the evolution of it, you know, like any other new technology that, that appears, right? Arjic, we're getting out of time and I'd love if we could end by having you talking about, you know, as I mentioned at the beginning, uh, Shirag uh, came here, the CEO of, of uh, Diamante Blockchain. He came to the show a couple of months ago and I know that he had, you know, so many plans to the platform. I'd love to know if by the last time he was here compared to today, nowadays, is there anything new, anything new on the platform evolution or any new plans you'd like to share with our audience? Definitely, Maria. So obviously, Diamond and Blockchain 
as a company or as a institution uh, we are more of like we are agnostic to the blockchain because we understand every network has its own strength and its own flavor but as an institution we rather believe on the core objective to create awareness among the among the people among the the participants of this ecosystem and coming forward if we need to actually leverage the inner strength of blockchain we also need to first learn the system right so diamond from years now have constantly taken that sort of an initiative we have a number of webinars podcasts to reach out to our people toward the developers community to the financial institutions to corporates to create awareness on the blockchain system and we do also have our own private network our own blockchain network rather i should say which is a hybrid blockchain network which has constantly evolved and has came up with various use cases has solved a number of challenges in the terms of financial industries we do have financial products which runs on the top of our core diamond net so we will obviously love everyone out here who are listening to our podcast today just to understand that what best we can do in the terms of creating multiple applications and help out this current generation and upcoming generations to use blockchain and its associated uh, technologies that's really great and that's something that we love here on the podcast you know just get people aware and interested and just go do your research you know go there there's so much information there's so many interesting sites go check out diamante go check out other resources and get informed like any other new industries or innovations or technologies there's still so much to learn about so i hope we are we're being able to do this work of just giving some awareness on so many different topics and let people do their own research as well thank you so much arjit it was such a pleasure to have you on the podcast If you have any final words to our listeners just be my guest and it was great talking to you everybody thanks so much for listening and see you next time thanks maria pleasure all us future hacker life path future